This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Hi everyone and welcome to this week's episode of Shirts and Time. If you could do me a massive favour by following the podcast on Twitter and Instagram, at Shirts and Time Pod, that would be absolutely class. Also, can you please leave me a five-star review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Let me know your favourite and least favourite shirts from the team me and the guests have discussed in this episode. You can play along with Goals in Time, so don't forget to let me know how you got on on that as well. If you want to watch Goals in Time, I will be uploading just that part of the podcast onto YouTube, at Shirts and Time Podcast, so you can see the goals for yourselves and watch our reactions to them. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy the episode. Hello, everyone. I'm joined today by Woody. So how are you doing, mate? I'm very well, mate. Thank you for having me on. Very excited. Well, <laughs> are we just going to address the what you said to me at the start in the lobby? <laughs> yeah, we are from the Proclaimers. <laughs> <laughs> but you won't see it on the uh, the audio, but if you go over to YouTube, which I highly recommend to watch Goals in Time, you'll see we're both dressed in black and both have circular glasses on. They look a bit like Jurgen Klopp, but I don't really yeah. want to start as a United fan. You can, you can, you can rock the Jurgen Club. I'll be the Proclaimers. <laughs> it's very kind. We've also upgraded as well because when we did uh, talk show it to me, we've got solved all the internet issues. Fingers crossed. There's no yes. lag. None of us will hopefully go missing like we did in the last episode. So now we're all sorted. That depends on how well I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You'll do fine, mate. You'll do fine. You'll smash it. So we'll just dive straight in, really. To be honest with you, mate. Yeah, I can't remember what we talked about in talk show to me. You know, months go into months and years go into years, blah, blah, blah. Well, so how and when did you get into the shirt collecting scene, really? Properly, it pretty much the same as everyone, chap, really. It was COVID. When you're kind of in boredom and you're kind of clearing out your drawers and you realise you've got about 50 million football shirts, you think, hang on, I could do something with this. So I started looking on Instagram and started coming across a few kind of retro football shirt pages. And I thought, you know what? I've always been obsessed with shirts. So it was a no-brainer for me, really. I had a brick wall in the garden. Um, (laughs) It took off from there. So, yeah, that's all I needed. (laughs) You've upgraded now from the brick wall in the garden to the car park, though, where you live. (laughs) Yes, I am now notorious for car parks. And um, rest assured to all your listeners, I don't work in one. So... (laughs) (laughs) So, Sheffield Wednesday fan, massive Sheffield Wednesday fan, huge mate. Yeah, um, been up and down with the with the club ever since 1993. So, yeah, it's been a complete roller coaster of emotions, as I'm sure all Wednesday fans will agree. But blue and white stripes, I, I cannot love them more, mate. To be honest, yeah, I've I've recently started doing a on over on Twitter, like the best. I'm trying to find the best ever Premier League home shirt. So, started from 1992, 93. And I'm currently doing the 1993-1994 season. And Sheffield Wednesday have gone out at the group stages in both times. I can't believe it. Do you know what? I saw the other day, and it was um, doing a bit of like Sheffield Wednesday, kind of um, scrolling through on internet. And um, Sheffield Wednesday, one of Sheffield Wednesday's shirts from 95 was the Emerald Green shirt. So it's not on these. It was voted one of the worst Premier League shirts oh. of all time. I mean, how offensive is that? that yeah, that is quite bad. But saying that... I think that says a lot about people that follow me or on Twitter or who interact with my stuff on Twitter, that the Coventry City home shirt from 1992-93 won the poll. I couldn't believe it. Do you yeah. like that shirt? Yeah, it, this, yeah. 
it's a bit of a mess that one, isn't it? But I, I think yeah. I think because it's so random, like they've not appreciated the, the true beauty of a Puma King football shirt. I think that's the problem. That is exactly yeah. it, isn't it? Yeah. When the Sheffield Wednesday shirt's going out early, I was just like, oh. And especially when I, I sort of checked it today and then I knew you were coming on tonight, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> so I thought I'd get it out of the way before but you mentioned it. I think, like, if, if you go back to kind of Premier League archives and things, if you mention Premier League 90s, Sheffield Wednesday pretty much comes in on top of people's lists of memorable kits. I mean, if you look at the ones that I've got, like the goalkeeper kits and stuff like that, you, you wouldn't see stuff like that now. I mean, I can talk forever about Sheffield Wednesday and Puma because it's a match made in heaven. But you just you, you don't get kits like this now, and that's why I think these are so special, and that's why I collect the, the shirts that I do because you just don't see it, and that's that's how it is. Yeah, that Puma King Puma Sheffield Wednesday combination is. I'm just looking at them now. That's unbelievable. They are unbelievable. I had uh, Marcus Kitmanaman on a few weeks ago, and he thinks. And he was on about the Nike slash Adidas par- partnership with Arsenal. Do you think the Puma King Sheffield Wednesday matches that? Oh, 100%. I think 100%. You, can, you can almost pinpoint a kit manufacturer with a certain shirt and go, right, that represents the club. So, for example, United with Umbro, for me, that was the kind of the best era in terms of like their kind of trophies and stuff. But, yeah, I think with Arsenal, my fondest memories, obviously, I, both my brothers are Arsenal fans, so... My fondest memory of Arsenal was like the Thierry Henry Dreamcast kits and Burkamp yeah. and stuff. I mean, you, you that, that's that's football, isn't it? Yeah, I'd say so. Nineties football and especially football shirts, it, it seems to have peaked. Then I think they have they have obviously been good since the nineties, but I think everyone does try to compare shirts nowadays to the nineties. If you know what I'm trying to say, even like the manufacturers are trying to recreate the nineties. Yeah, they are. I just I don't get that same buzz from like the kits now. I think like where you see like Napoli's like fifteen kits a season, <laughs> and um, like I just I don't get that same thing. It all just looks too kind of commercialised and reproduced. Like with a proper football kit. I mean, you know how heavy these kits are. Yeah. Um, but it's like proper detail and stuff. I mean, even like on the Chef Wednesday kits, like the Puma King kind of like jacquard print on it and stuff like that is just sublime. I'm a big advocate of Puma and 90s kits in general. I mean, the sleeves are massive, but we all want to look like a flying squirrel from time to time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's probably the only bad thing I'd say about the 90 shirts is the size and the, the weight of them. I bought a 96, 97 United home shirt. I'm normally a medium. I've bought that in XL and it's still it's still a bit too small for me. So I'm like, well, how does this sizing work then? Yeah, I mean, if you if you remember, like, looking at some of the players, like for Sheffield Wednesday, you had like Benito Carboni, Mark Pembridge, all of the kind of smaller players, they all yeah. wore XLs. Yeah. They just look like kids. And it's crazy, because that's all the kit man gave them. They do kind of engulf you a bit, but it's, I suppose, if you think about shirts now, they are more of a fashion item than they are a club shirt. So it's all about the fit and the trim on the arms. Yeah. Or- goes in at the waist so yeah there's a lot more thought behind the shirt now i suppose go back to your collection then i think you might be one of the only collectors that off the top of my head you support sheffield wednesday that we've gone over yeah who collects other and wears other english teams shirts <laughs> for my sins yeah i get a lot of stick particularly with leeds united oh I yeah that, yeah that, that is bad that woody <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't I don't like have any issue with wearing a football shirt. I mean, you're not going to catch me walking around town in a Leeds United or a Man United shirt 
for yeah. me, it's about nostalgia. It's about history. It's about where I was when that game was played or what player can I associate with that shirt. And that's the kind of things that I do it for. I mean, a lot of people go, how can you wear that? How can you do that? It's literally for the photo. And then it's like literally folded up or hung up. It's a collector's item. And I think that's probably where I, I view it from. I can see people go, do you know what? I'm only going to get my club shirt from the UK and then everything else outside of the UK. I understand that. But um, yeah, to all the listeners, just just back off. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. It's actually quite a refreshing thing to see because normally everyone's a bit like, right, I spot this team. I can't wear... Bloody! I can't wear for my, for example, for me. I can't wear a city yeah. shirt. Can't wear. A, have you have you worn a Sheffield United shirt? Hell no, no. That one. Ah, so, ah, so there is boundaries then to, uh, to <laughs> it. You know, I was going, I was going through um, my because I, I collect a lot of Premier League kits from the nineties because they're like my favourite era. Yeah. I was going through the list of like what I had, and I got to the Sheffield United kind of Laver sponsor of like 92, 93, and I was like, well, I will never own that, so I won't <laughs> put it there. <laughs> what is like your favourite shirts from another team then, to obviously Sheffield Wednesday iconic Puma King shirts, but what are your other favourite Premier League shirts? Oh, uh, I mean, I, I, I'm probably going to be quite biased because of my family, but I, obviously growing up around Arsenal was the kind of Dramberg 90s lightning bolt kind of and the bruised banana and stuff like that. I mean, they had great memories from going back to watching Arsenal season reviews on VHS and watching <laughs> Ian Wright run rampant. Like those are the kind of big memories for me. And FA Cup finals against Sheffield Wednesday, where we were that close. Yeah, I think Arsenal would be there. I mean, I, I, do you know what? When I was a kid, I hated Man United. So apologies. Um, purely because it was nothing but like Steve Bruce, Ferguson doing that all the time. <laughs> and it just got on my wick. But now I've kind of matured. <laughs> I can kind now of. see I can see Man United shirts as like a good quality shirts and they've got a lot of memories, I think. Because I think when I was a kid, if you watch Match of the Day, if any team beat Man United on Match of the Day, I mean that was like a big deal. Like Yeah. Like De Canio for West Ham, like in the FA Cup, like Nutmeg and Bartes at Old Trafford, like those were big games. Like, I think it's still, I still, I think it's still. I know United have had a bit of a demise recently, but I think it's still a bit like that. I mean, you saw lost seven 0 the the other weekend, but the yeah. reaction to that was it was mental, wasn't it? It was just constant. Even Sky Sports were like trying to get Keane and Gary Neville to react and have a bit of an argument with Sue Ness and Jamie Carragher. It's a shame because it happens to every club. I mean, you think about Arsenal losing was it eight two at United? Yeah, yeah, when we beat them eight two. Yeah, we lost six one to City in that same season as well. So, well, that's what I mean. Like, I mean, Sheffield Wednesday, we lost. I think was it? It might have been. I think it was eight nil at Newcastle one year. Like Shearer, like had an absolute like riot against us. So every club goes through it. I think yeah. That, and you basically the next result is what matters. Uh, so I suppose drawing nil nil with Southampton <laughs> is a little bit, <laughs> a little bit problematic. <laughs> oh, it's not conceding seven though, is it? So <laughs> no, it's not. I suppose you kept a clean sheet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that Casemiro red card was uh, the state yeah. of the referees nowadays. 
Do you know what, though? I think it's good from a United perspective. You've got someone like Casemiro now. You've got someone that's injected a bit of life, a bit of passion back in the club. And I think that's what football clubs miss. You miss that kind of, like, statement in the middle, the one that's going to get in all the challenges and rile the fans up. And I think that's what makes British football what it is. For, for a perfect example, oh, as well as Casemiro for United, is Lissandro Martinez. I just love him. He does the basic things perfectly and he's just one or two times uh, a season he'll probably overstep the mark but other than that he he's just in tune do you know like the start of the season he was a bit wobbly but I think that's because they put him next to Maguire and Lindelof I think now you've got Varane that's a bit more calmer that knows how to read the game well it gives Martinez that freedom of play to be that butcher that everyone kind of calls him to be Kind of get into the challenges hard, like like Vidic and Ferdinand in a way. Really, there was always that one that got stuck in. There was the calm, collected one that swept it up from the back. You know. Yeah. Well, Varane's had that with uh, Sergio Ramos at Real Madrid. Just yeah, I think yeah. Ramos is like a, obviously a class player, but he's a psychopath, isn't he? Yeah. I think you need that though. You need the psycho- yeah. calm one at the centre backs. I think. Yeah. I just I was at the uh, the start of the season when we got our first win against Liverpool. 2-1, uh, I think it was in like, the first 30 seconds. Him and Martinez and Salah went in for a tackle. Uh, Martinez fouled Salah, but he just got up and for absolutely no necessary, not necessary, I'll just barge into it right in the chest. Yeah. And Salah, Salah kind of just went, what? And the hot... yeah. From that moment, I normally when we play Liverpool, I'm not confident at all, or I'm a bit shaky, but from that moment, I was like, oh, something's mm. different here. About Especially after we've just been tanked 4-0 by Brentford and lost to Brighton. I was like, something's different here. We're going to, something's happening. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think though that's that classic centre back bit, though, isn't it? Because that was that's when I played football, I was a centre back. So I think you've always got to let the player know that you're there early on. Yeah. Not obviously foul him, but kind of set an <laughs> early statement, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think that's where a lot of centre backs as of late have gone missing because they try to be too clever or they play it out from the backs. I mean, if you look at Look at Van Dyke. I mean, the season he's having at the moment, he was like the best in the world a couple of seasons ago. But literally, like I wouldn't have him in my world eleven as a centre back now. No, I'm, I'm quite glad you said that, and I've and I've not had to say that. Yeah, yeah I, I can say it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Out of out of interest, when you played uh, football, were you, were you the more Varane or Martinez? Oh, I was a bit of both, mate. Actually, I yeah, think I, oh. I, I was the Martinez Varane love child. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I did get a few bookings. I mean, I'm I'm not as polite on the football pitch as I am on the podcast, mate. I'm I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I, I did like a challenge. That's probably why my career's over so quick. <laughs> <laughs> I found out. I think I think it was this year that you do you do Kit Mag's social media. How yeah. did that? Yeah, because obviously we'll touch on your Instagram because it's. We're going to probably need a whole podcast to do that because it's unbelievable. But how did the whole, you basically doing Kit Mag social media, how did that all come about? I love Kit Mag. I think the the magazine itself is brilliant. And I think what the guys did to start it off and was perfect for what the Kit community needed from who wrote in the magazine to editing, the pictures, everything about it collaboratively was brilliant. I jokingly bought, I bought all three of the volumes in one go and I jokingly dropped Ian, um, the editor, a message and just said, look, we've got any jobs going. I said, I'll even make the tees as a joke <laughs> um, because I, I just like the magazine. And then I literally a few weeks later, he called me and just literally went, you, you still after making the tees? And, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
uh, and ever since then we've um yeah we've formed a great friendship and and i think it's worked really well for the magazine i mean there's top quality stuff and and the people in the kit community love it i think it just kind of encapsulates everything about being a kit fan being able to kind of like read about what the kit's about who wore it what the manufacturers did and knowing all the intricate details about the shirt and i think that's why there isn't really much of that on the market at the moment. You know, I might be wrong, but it kind of matched really well to what I love about football kits. And being able to kind of work on social media and kind of contribute to the magazine is pretty cool. Quite a few people do really nice blogs and stuff, but Kit Mag, like releasing its own like magazine and getting different people to collaborate in all the time. Yeah, I'd say it is quite unique and niche in itself. Yeah, I think there are lots of great football magazines out there. I think they obviously specify on the beauty of football. And I think there's so much to talk about with football. I mean, it is a language. And, like, you wear a shirt abroad or you wear it going out, wherever you are, like, literally people will recognise what you're wearing. They'll talk to you about it or they'll just shout the club at you or whatever it is. It's just a way of communicating. And I think that's why the magazine works well. Because you've got the hardcore collectors that have got like the Holland 88 up in their loft, and then they can like <laughs> realize that is why they love it so much. And I think it's just, it's really cool to be a part of it. I'm very fortunate. Yeah, that is, yeah. I, I, I can't believe I didn't know that already. Do you do both their Twitter and Instagram then? Yeah, so the Instagram isn't going at the moment actually, because good old Instagram shut us down for some reason. So I don't know how that works. Oh. Um, I do a bit of the Twitter contributions. There's a couple of other lads that do it as well. Because um, obviously with work commitments and stuff like that, it's pretty intense. But um, I do supply a lot of my images and stuff like that. And I think I kind of wanted to go a bit... Because this sounds like a bit of a masked singer reveal at the moment, doesn't it? Um, I, I wanted to go a bit inconspicuous because I didn't want it to be all about like my shirts and stuff. I just I think the most important thing is the shirt. Like It's pretty cool. Yeah. So. It's, there there are lots of stuff you can do with football shirts, I think, but the most important thing is is like having that magazine and that kind of traditional kind of like football program kind of feel to it. Um mm. and that's why I think it's pretty cool to be honest. Yeah, it's quite retro. Think like releasing like a magazine, well, not a book, but or or a book about it, because a lot of stuff on that nowadays is online through just photos and then blogs or pictures and descriptions so yeah it's quite retro in a way but in a good way because then it kind of hones back to the 90s and people like like in the retro side of football more the more the more modern days yeah. so. it's that classic roll it up like a program at football isn't it like roll it up put it in the back pocket go to the yeah game. like that's yeah. that kind of feel we wanted so yeah and then when your partner or girlfriend or whoever sees what you're reading goes, what are you reading? You're like, nothing. nothing. <laughs> you, don't, you don't understand. You don't understand. <laughs> yeah, I'm a kid nerd. <laughs> <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> so touching on to your Instagram then, are you still doing the daily posts? Pretty much. I mean, I've quite I've calmed down a little bit um, and I'm starting to use a lot of my own kind of like shirts to do historic matches or um focusing on like kit manufacturers and things like that just to kind of vary it up a bit because i'm sure like i said in the podcast with you guys i don't want to kind of plague my face on everyone's mobile phone in the morning (laughs) where i love it so much and i love football shirts it's hard not to want to do it because i love football i love football shirts why would i not want to post about it i'm proud of what i've got i'm proud of what i do that's why i post religiously but I, i quite like the element of so where you've got the shirts now, I like doing those matchups and 
like putting it next to like another shirt from the same season and and things like that. Yeah. And I think that's that's the history of the bits that I really really like. Because I remember when we did the uh, talk show to me, you were deep in the woods of doing a post every single day, and to find yeah. like the content, the motivation, and the time as well to do that—it's it's yeah. to be fair, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, thank you. I, I think um, you, you know sometimes people can run out of steam, rightly or wrongly. They they fall out of love with it. They want a bit of time off. Like that's absolutely fine. Do what you do is right for you. I've just clearly not got there yet, and I absolutely love it. <laughs> so. <laughs> no, yeah, mate, that's a good thing because I, I, well, I wasn't like posting daily, but I used to post quite a bit on uh, Instagram and Twitter of my shirts. But then as I've like stopped buying as many and blah, 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 other stuff, I mean, I've just kind of lost that motivation to do it. But then I see people like yourselves, uh, Zeke, Kitman Man, yeah, people off the top of my head posting stuff. It kind of makes you go, kind of go, oh, hang on, let me just try, try and get back, edge my way back into it. Because I think if you run yeah. steamroll yourself back into it or force it, it's, you're just setting yourself up to fail, I think. So that's good that that whilst you are doing it because you want to show your shirts, you actually love doing it as well, though. Yeah, and I also, I know when enough is enough. I mean, I know when I've either bought too much in the month or whatnot, um, but I think that's why I've started to do compositions and historic things, just to kind of break it up a little bit. And it's not just me buying shirts every single day, but it's... Um, it's a hobby I never thought I'd be in, mate, to be honest. And I'm really grateful for it. And I'm grateful for meeting all of the lovely people within the community as yourself and and everybody else. And I think it it just it feels it just feels normal to love football shirts and to be able to talk to people about it is just brilliant. Yeah, well, it's it's probably it's exactly the same as loving and liking football in a way, isn't it? You'd... It'd be weird not to like football shirts to a certain extent. You know, if you watch and talk about football so much, why wouldn't you talk about what they are wearing, especially when you can see it all the time? Exactly. And a lot of people, actually, there's, I think there's different elements of why people love football. And I think you've got to look at um, people associate players. So people love football because of Maradona or Pelé or Beckham, Messi, you know. And my love for football was around football kits. It always was. It was the start of every season. It was who's releasing what, getting the latest Sheffield Wednesday kit merchandise magazine sent down from Sheffield. That was the Bible to me as a kid. <laughs> I loved it. But even looking at David Hurst in like a sweatshirt and socks, like that was just like, that was football, you know? It was just yeah, brilliant. And I think that's that's what football represents to me is the shirts and things like that. I mean, I love the players, but kits all the way. And I remember rightly from Talk Show to me that when you were younger, designed future concepts of shirts. Well, that was your yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah, I thought it, just yeah. when you were saying that then, I just, yeah. I just that's a love from a very, like, <laughs> like you say, when you're younger, you do normally think you were a player when you're younger, but you're yeah. straight in with the, the shirts at a young age. It was literally like my mum bought me, I think one summer holiday, bought me and my brothers this, I've, I've actually had it on my page, it's like a kit template. And basically it's like players doing like action shots. I had that, a sketch pad and pencils, and I was obsessed. Like, literally, I yeah. was just drawing football shirts through the whole summer. And then it came to a point where I just started designing kits, and I tried sending them off to clubs as, like, a joke and just kind of going, look, Sheffield Wednesday, this is the kit. Will you use it? No response. I mean, I'd love to be oh. responsible for one of these. <laughs> um, it was just a real passion of mine. And then, obviously, you're getting all the classic kind of match magazine, shoot magazine, 
and you see all the kits coming out and then you get all the posters in the middle and oh yeah my my bedroom know. wall was littered with match magazine exactly so yeah you don't need anything else you don't need the the classic nsync or backstreet boys posters you just needed all of the boot magazine posters on your wall and that was it yeah. what is then your oh this is going to be a hard question for you to answer i think um it's either going to be really hard for you to answer or really easy what's your favorite ever sheffield wednesday shirt then Favourite ever Sheffield Wednesday shirt is yeah. 93 to 95. The 93, 95 away shirt. Away, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, what was particularly unique about that was I, I I don't think I can actually recall there being a black away kit in the Premier League at that point. I'm trying to think when United was. Was United 94, the, the Cantonar kick? Cantonar kick, yeah. 93, 94, yeah. I can't think of much else of a black kids off the top of yeah, my head. Obviously, I'm a United fan that's come to the street top of my head. I can't think of any more. I mean, but I mean, you think about the kind of concept of a black football shirt. That's my favourite colour football shirt because they just look cool. Every single kit does in black. Yeah. And you, you've even got to look at like the latest Dortmund designs of the blackout kits and the Borussia Mönchengladbach kits and all of those ones. They just look stylish and cool. And I thought yeah, Sheffield yeah. Wednesday just got it on point, even with like the shorts and the socks, like the whole kit just looked great. Cause I think it worked really well with the badge. Cause obviously with the kind of classic owl emblem, it just worked perfect. So, yeah, it does. Yeah. It's a really, yeah. I'm looking at it now. It's a really nice shirt. That. Yeah. 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 Well, like, but it's because blackout shirts, they get flack, don't they? But companies and clubs do it because like you just said, black works with everything. Yeah, I mean, it, it generally does. I mean, this was the first shirt that I got as a kid as well. So not that particular one. Um, but my first football <laughs> shirt was that. And then it had Woody on the back. Um, my mum got it for my birthday. And I was just over the moon with it. Because obviously Chris Waddle in those kits, I can remember, like he had the big baggy shirt with the long sleeves. And he always had his shirt untucked and his socks were half rolled down. And he was just mesmerising on the wing. And, you know, I mean... Enough said. Love at first sight, mate. Is that is that one like the standalone then, or is there any that come close? I would probably say the the home shirt of that season as well. It's pretty epic. Ah. I think I mentioned in the actual Kit Mag article about the Sheffield Wednesday shirts that I love football shirts that are just simple. There's no complication to it. So I've not been a fan of when Sheffield Wednesday have ever changed their blue and white stripes. Like no, I, I, I'm not a fan. Going away from tradition, I don't like. Even like a few seasons ago, when United wore started wearing uh, the kit that went black halfway up, I wasn't a fan of that because it changed the tradition of how they wear the home kit at home. I didn't like that at all. Is that the one where they had like the where it faded into the black shorts and then they had yeah the black... yeah see yeah okay. that unsettled me as well, mate. Yeah, I just I think there should be a rule in football that the, they shouldn't be allowed to change their kits. It should be like Sabutio rules, like blue and white stripes done, like red yeah. and white done. <laughs> do you like the home shirts more than the away and third shirts then because it sticks to the traditions or do you like the sometimes the adventurous side of the away and third shirts as well? I don't mind the adventurous side. I mean, Sheffield Wednesday have had some absolute humdingers over the years. I mean, we've had like grey and grey camouflage and pink and... Like, I'll still buy them, don't get me wrong, but yeah. comparing them with the shirts of old, I mean, if you think about yellow and purple, everyone would have been like, what the hell is that? But it just works. It does work, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I'd probably say I'm more of a home shirt fan, to be honest. But again, I think you, can't, you should really stick to a similar set of colours. 
Because you've got to think about United with kind of like the Newton Heath kind of like green and yellow and the blue away kits over time and stuff. You should yeah. be experimenting with like, like Tottenham are like doing those kind of like paint splodges and stuff like that. It just looks weird. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I like the Galaxy shirt from a, a few seasons ago, but some of the other stuff is a bit mm, not too keen on it. Yeah, I just I know like I'm probably gonna get like a lot of uh, hate for this, but all these the shirts that you can get that like too complicated, like the ones um, I think we briefly touched on it, actually, wasn't it? It was the one that's got like, the atlas on it. Into Milan, is, no, is it from this the, season? No, there's one. There's one shirt that looks like it's got like a kind of old school kind of like atlas map. Don't say it's the Manto de Massa. Yeah. Don't say. Oh yeah. no. Yeah, my, it's, clever. Shit. it's clever, but it looks like it should belong on my coffee table rather than on oh, the You're killing me, don't say that. <laughs> I love that shirt so much. I loved um, it though when it was when it was unique to itself, when it was I always say this when it gets brought up. The OG map shirt. Not none of this stuff that's come out recently, that's the OG. What you've got to think about though, Jake, is that when you're watching the football game, that's yeah. just green kit. You don't see the detail. They didn't wear it in the game either, so... Didn't they? No. <laughs> I've rest my case. <laughs> that makes it even worse. That's the one thing I don't like about it. They didn't wear it in the game. That's the one yeah. thing that bugs me about it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, who else? I mean, there's loads. I mean, do you know what? Nigeria's kits have always been classic. Yeah. I've been a bit too overrated. The 2018... Oh, I'm going to end this right now. <laughs> Yeah, if, oh. I, if I suddenly just go on mute, I know what you've done. <laughs> you probably don't like the 2020 Nigeria shirt. Saying that, I don't like the... Uh, I'm not a big fan of the home shirt they've just brought out towards the end of last year, this year. I'm not too fan of that green one. It's a bit of a bit of a mess, that one. Is that the... Um, is that like the dark green? It's like dark green, but it's, it's just like patterns all over. It doesn't... Yeah. It's, yeah, a, bit dark, nice, it's a bit of a nice cool. sort of. Yeah, like I said, it football like now at now. Oh God, I sound like such an old man. Like football nowadays, <laughs> um, it just it goes too kind of like they try too hard, too hard. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah, I've already I've already dug a hole, mate. So I'm gonna yeah. Leave it. <laughs> oh, I can't believe you don't like the Nigeria. The man of the mass cells. Like, okay, yeah, I let that. Stuff, but then as soon as you bring Nigeria into it, you probably got both right. What Manta de Massa and the Nigeria shirt? Yeah, yeah. That's what I keep looking over to my right because the Manta, I can see the sleeve of the Manta de Massa, and then I can just see the Nigeria yeah. shirt there. If you want to start this podcast again, mate, I'm I'm more than happy. <laughs> I won't mention it. We'll move on. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, you know, we're talking about shirts that you dislike, even if I may not agree. But that's what makes the the community and collecting so fun is like me and you, yeah. like both collectors, get on well. I'd say have very different opinions on two shirts. Two, well, Mano de Massa might not be an iconic shirt, but that Nigeria 2018 shirt is probably one of the most iconic It's healthy. Shirts. It's healthy. Yeah. But you've got to think as well there, Jake. Can that Nigeria kit go on a Sabutio player? No. It's well complicated. You're not well, going to... Sabutio pay- painters, step up your levels. That's all yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. I'm representing Sabutio. <laughs> well, Zeke could do what... I can't remember. Have you seen the bead thing? Bead things he's doing with shirts. Yeah, yeah. I bet, I bet, yeah. I bet Zeke. I bet Zeke could do that Nigeria shirt. I haven't seen the Sheffield Wednesday one yet, though. So nobody buy a single one from it. 
<laughs> Too much uh, Norwich. Yeah. I don't know if he's done a Nigeria one actually. I might have to. I might have to hit him up for that, and I'll send it straight to you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no name, no name on it. Just you know, just you know who this is from. <laughs> I'm going to touch on it again. Uh, you didn't remember this when we talked about talk show to me when you bought a shirt of me on Depop. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. And I sent it to the wrong person. So, but I'll make yeah. sure I send that to the right person. Uh, make sure I send that Nigeria shirt to you this time. <laughs> you could have been responsible for like the downfall of my Instagram account by providing me with the wrong shirt. See, so I can't, yeah. what shirt did I send you? It was a Liverpool <sighs> one, and I think I I ordered Italy. You ordered an Italy one, yeah, Italy Puma. I remember the Italy Puma one. Oh, yeah. I can't, I can't believe someone bought that. I had stupid he, Liverpool shirt. What afraid as well, like. Buying in Italy and getting Liverpool, like, woof. With El Hadjouf <laughs> on the back as well. I know. What an icon. Oh. Oh. I'll never forget doing that. Talk about shirts that you dislike. Yeah. What is your least favourite Sheffield Wednesday shirt, then? Oh, God. I had the mick taken out of me a lot at school for wearing chuppa chubs. I'm not going to lie. I mean, every non-school what? uniform day. But but now I'm more of a distinguished gentleman. I love art. I love the refined sec- section of the word. I now know it's related to Pablo Picasso with the Chopper Chops logo. So Sheffield Wednesday had a tiny little bit of culture with that one. So I'm happy with that. Wow. If only I could go back to school and tell them that, they would have definitely <laughs> <Yeah>. me. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose, do you know what? Bad Sheffield Wednesday shirts. Do you know, the last few shirts that they've made have been the Macron kind of shirt. And they've and they've sold them to the fans as sponsorless. Oh, what's the what's sponsor uh, this um, season? So it's the chairman, uh, Delphon Chansiri. Um, it's his. It's his brand. Oh, this season, sorry, actually, is no. It's Host Stays, which is like a kind of an Airbnb, I think. And it's called. It's a B and B place. It's called what? It's an Airbnb kind of like hostel stays or something. A host. Oh, I, I thought you said. <laughs> I don't know if this will stay. In. I <laughs> thought you said host stays. No. It's an Airbnb thing. Like what? <laughs> No, no, no. We're a family club. So, they won't yeah. be on the child shirts, will they? <laughs> we, we've had a few sponsorless ones. And I think that's the kind of bit where I'm like, because if you look at Sanderson, it's iconic. Yeah. Yeah. And I know we can go to like so many, like Sharp and whatnot, like JVC, Newcastle, Brown Ale, all of those sort of sponsors make shirts. And I think with Sheffield Wednesdays, it just looked like a flag. So I yeah. suppose our last few ones have been a little bit hit and miss, to be fair. Yeah. We did go through a really weird spell of having Sondico kits as well. Scraping the now, there then. <laughs> yeah, I mean, nothing wrong with Sondico as a brand, but I always associate Sondico with like gloves, football gloves, like goalkeeper gloves. Yeah, yeah. Or, if you, or if you're in desperate need of a football, quickly run to Sports Direct or JJ exactly. to get a Sondico yeah. football. Or a pair of like bright yellow socks for PE, you'd get like some yeah. ones. But yeah, that was it. Like I just kind of thought, do you know what? We've we've had the glory days in the nineties and the early two thousands, and now we've kind of settled for some deco and sponsorless shirts. So yeah. Do you have like a favourite kit manufacturer in general then, or not just for Sheffield Wednesday, just in general? I've always been Adidas. Adidas. I've always been Adidas Originals, like the Trefoil Adidas equipment. Uh, yeah, I love the equipment and stuff. Because obviously, I think watching football on telly and stuff, I mean, my first World Cup that I can kind of remember was like USA 94. So the kits on those, like, because it, it was so blooming hot at the, the USA 94, not that I went, but 
like all the colors were so bright and all of the kits were just amazing you've got like the germany 94 you've got like norway sweden bulgaria all of their kits were just awesome the templates were spot on yeah that's probably my favorite kind of era is adidas equipment i'd say yeah, you can tell that, uh, the World Cup in like the nineties is like an iconic stage for kits because there's so many, so many collection-based themes on them on mm. the World Cups in the nineties. So they obviously must have stood out. Well, you've only got to look at the the Adidas Icon range that are out now. Three stripes on the sides, like yeah. that one USA ninety four. That touches perfectly back on what we're saying at the start of the podcast about how ninety shirts everyone tries to recreate it. Yeah, I think you've only got to look at the market now though of fans wearing score draw shirts and they're all of the old club or yeah. our market now. I mean football shirt prices have just become astronomical because people want retro shirt. They knew when the good stuff was out, you know? And and also and also you're like I don't know, like how much is a United shirt this season? Eighty quid? Well, this is the worst thing I hate about modern day shirt collecting and shirts in general is there's two different versions. Two versions? Well, there's the stadium and then the uh, authentic or player version, whatever you want to call it. The player version, that's not even the player version because there's also a player issue, which is different from the player version, which is just, yeah. So I think the stadium is around 70 to 80 quid, I think, when it first came out. And then the authentic 120, I want to say. Goodness me. Yeah, see, that's that's insane. Yeah. But then you get to, I think it was December, and that all of it was half price straight away. So it's like, you don't really need to, to be charging that much. My my argument always is, why don't you release one shirt and make it the authentic or as close to the player one as possible, and then make it around 70, 80 quid, and then everyone gets yeah. a fair price there, aren't they? Or do what Brentford did and kind of go sustainable and kind of fan focused and carry the shirt over two seasons. Cause at yeah. least you then get that kind of the wear and tear from it. You go to many games with it. And cause that's kind of what they did in the nineties, wasn't it really? I mean, all these chef Wednesday shirts are from 93 to 95. Like, yeah. Yeah. A lot, a lot of the time when I've been looking back through uh, doing them polls on Twitter, you can yeah. see where a team's had an away shirt and then the next season it's their third shirt and then the next yeah. season after that it's, po- it's possibly their third shirt again. So, yeah. yeah. But now, it, now it's all about the consumer and what's new, what can I spend my money on now. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, mate. Exactly. At least it's not as bad as the uh, MLS. So, have you seen their shirts? Like, the difference? Yeah. I mean, again, MLS kind of strikes me as kind of like once you get one Adidas template, all of the clubs have to go that way. There is a lot of similarity on it. I mean, I, I do like the MLS shirts. I think there's a little bit more creativity in them. But if if, if anyone's a fan listening to this, I just find them a bit boring. Yeah, well, you've you've already said that the simpler simple's done well. You prefer that, don't you? Well, like so, with obviously with modern day shirts now, for England example, you get your your dry fit, whatever it is, and then your dry fit ADV, your vaping it. But with the MLS shirts, you get your standard 70 quid or $70 one, and then you'll pay it $130, $140. And it's, they are two different shirts, as in this cheaper one has got details and stuff that's missing. Right. So basically, okay. like a, no, it looks like a fake cheap knockoff of it because it's got okay. actual details and stuff missing. Right. I did not know that. No, that's news. Yeah. So it's a bit of a joke, really, isn't it? Comparing it to like when we, the sustainability of the 90s and 
Brentford this season, and then there's two teams yeah. releasing two different two different yeah. shirts for two astronomical prices. I think the the problem is where MLS are trying to grow a franchise now, and and they want more within kind of like associated to American, I say American soccer football. They're obviously going to try and throw as much merchandise at people as they possibly can to quite try yeah. and kind of generate some association to kind of fan culture, I suppose. But yeah, I didn't know that the difference was that kind of obvious. I, I think it's quite a shame, to be honest, because you look at lots of people that can afford a football shirt, 70 quid for a football shirt is a lot of money. And That's what I mean, yeah. To be that different from another shirt that someone else could buy for like 150 quid, it's, just, it's a shambles, mate, really. What always comes to mind when I mention it to people is the. Do you remember the Jimi Hendrix shirt they released? Uh, yeah. Seattle Sanders. Yeah. That yeah. had like on the most expensive version, it had like stars above the badge. It had like detailing in the cuffs. Yeah. And then like the, the cheaper version didn't have that. And even like the material was like a different color. It was like lighter or darker. It was like looked like a, a fake shirt. Yeah. And again, I think that's probably where, I mean, a lot of people in this community are going to know like, how to differentiate if a shirt is legitimate or if it's a player version or if it's a remake or but it just gets harder because there's about eight versions of the shirt before it's even released yeah. i bought a, a united the united away shirt from this season towards the end of last year and i got it and it was a it was a sample shirt so i said like, how many versions of this shirt is there <laughs> yeah well, that, that, the high viz no, the uh, the white one that's a throwback to the the treble winning season. It's a lovely yeah. shirt, but obviously, what we we just touched on earlier, what happened in it a few weeks ago at Anfield. I'm quite happy I sort passed it on, but yeah, it was an authentic sample which I'd never had before. I was just like, ah, oh, so I don't know how it's got into the market, but the codes and everything matched up. But I did like a, a thread on Twitter, and everything with the shirt was exactly the same as the actual release shirt. So. Oh, right. So it right. just goes to show how many different kinds of shirts there are out in circulation. I think, I think that's the the beauty of a Sheffield Wednesday fan, though, mate. I think the lower the leagues we go, like no one's ever going to remake ours. It's just going to be the <laughs> one shirt, so it's going to be fine. You never know. You never know. You might get a, a bit of like a Wrexham story going on at Sheffield uh, Wednesday. Actually, yeah, you're right. I mean, that could happen. Um, someone did actually send me um, a picture of a South American version of this one. Um. Oh. And it, it, it looked really odd. I mean, it looked like those sort of ones that you could buy like from a stall on like, holiday in Tenerife. It just looked weird, but it was a South yeah. American version. But uh, yeah, I suppose yeah. they do exist. Yeah, well, actually, now you've mentioned that, I suppose maybe that was like the 90s version of the two specs. You know, there was a lot of South American versions of shirts in the 90s. Yeah, yeah. So basically what we've just been ranting about for the past 10 minutes... Trying to try to support the nineties, <laughs> massive hypocrites. You could literally just put the word like Woody and Jake talk about jazz folk, and then just leave it at that. <laughs> just cut all of that. Out. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Right. Goals in time. I give you the date, the scoreline on the day and the goal scorer. You just have to tell me the minute of the goal. 
Goodness me. Right. Okay. So, yeah. and then how close or far away you are to the minute. Okay. You get scored for that goal. Fine. Yeah. Nearest the pit. <laughs> on a pub quiz. Yeah. I'm up for that. But like I said to you beforehand, they are quite, they're not just like Sheffield Wednesday beaten Charlton 1 0 or, sorry, Charlton fans or anyone <laughs> like doing. There's some quite big games, big score lines, and iconic, famous goal scorers and goals for Sheffield Wednesday. I'm going to let the viewers know Woody has actually been, he's been brave. You've gone back to the 1995 1996 Sheffield Wednesday season. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do you want me to tell you? People, other people's scores, or do you want to just jump, jump straight in blind? I'll jump in blind. Yeah, that'll jump only in make blind. worse. <laughs> <laughs> right. So your first goal is, on the 8th of April, 1996, Sheffield Wednesday beat Arsenal 1-0. And I don't know how you pronounce this lad's name. Is it Degrassi? Degrease. Degrease scored as Sheffield Wednesday beat Arsenal 1-0 on the 8th of April, 1996. And what I'll do is I'll play the goal beforehand so it rejogs your memory and then... Oh, I think I remember this one. Two Arsenal defenders, cuts between them. Oh! Degreiser's in support. And there's Degreiser with the finish. And that's oh, an Degreiser. important goal at a crucial time of the season for Sheffield Wednesday. I'm just going to apologise to you and the listeners and the viewers beforehand. This commentator is one of the worst commentators I've ever heard in my life he i got this i got these clips from a sheffield wednesday youtube channel so i'm assuming he's a sheffield wednesday commentator i don't judge by his reaction to these goals he's not he's honestly he's so depressed every single goal (laughs) going on the condition of the turf and the way that the wind was moving (laughs) no uh i do you know i had in my mind i had the number 53 in my mind is that we're gonna go with 53 gonna go with 53 yeah it's not a bad guess. It was the 61st minute. Oh. Only eight off. Right, fine. I'm happy with that. Good start. Second goal. Sheffield Wednesday, six. Leeds United, two. Day. On the 16th of December, 1995. I'm going to enjoy this goal as well, don't you worry. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give you a bit of a helping hand because you've, your season is caught. It's quite far back, isn't it? I believe this is the sixth goal. The Richie Humphreys. No, it is David Hurst. Ah, oh, legend. Yeah. Okay. Roll the clip. Shimmies one way, then the other. Kicked over, knocked back in. Hurst is it. Classic. Certainly is. That's 26th, and the goal book continues. And David Hurst credited with that particular goal. This commentator. Right. Okay. My Yeah. He did just say the sixth goal there, so that is. That'll give you, hopefully, a bit of a clue. Hopefully. And also, there was a gentle ripple of applause there, which tells me that probably people have started going home. So, I'm going to go 81. 87. See, I'm actually surprising myself with this, mate, because I'm actually closer than I thought. I mean, I'm early. I'm only two in, but... Everyone has said the exact same as you that when they've come on, they've gone, oh, dreading goals in time a bit. And then when it's come to it, it's like, yeah, you're not too bad. You know, something yeah. definitely clicks in the, in the head. Exactly. exactly. Third goal. There's a horrible theme happening on goals in time recently. It seems to be goals against United. But, you know, for the sake of the, I the guests, I, I, I have to put them on. <laughs> this is on the 9th of December, 1995. Man United 2, Sheffield Wednesday 2. 
This is Guy yep. Whittingham's goal. Good old Guy Whittingham, yeah. To the far side. Nolan, Riser making the run. As Old Trafford. Penalty is swung by. <laughs> oh, that's a tremendous header by Guy Whittingham. Coming yeah. in. Ball knocked in at pace. Oh, Lee Briscoe as well, look at that. What minute was Guy Whittingham's goal at Old Trafford back in 1995? That was a 2-2, wasn't it? I think I remember It was 2-2, yeah. So Guy Whittingham's goal put Sheffield Wednesday 2-1 up. 2-1 up. Okay, cool. Yeah, all right. Another clue. United United tend to shoot towards the Sheffield end in the second half. In this game, they might not have done. All I'm going to say, they might not have done in this game. So you're telling me there's a chance. Right, <laughs> here we go. Go on. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go 73. 78. You're not. Oh, five out. What? I'm getting like in the same number, though. I'm yeah. Like... You've, gone da- you've, put it, you've gone down every single goal. First goal was eight minutes out. Uh, David Hurst was six minutes out. That one's five minutes out. Yeah, I'm getting These two. Out. Yeah, well... I'm glad because these next two goals with that shirt and I know your love for Chris Waddle, you should be getting these bang on. Right, okay, no pressure. Sorry, Chris, if you're watching. (laughs) (laughs) Let's hope he is. So, so Sheffield Wednesday beat Blackburn Rovers 2 1 on the 23rd of August 1995. I believe this was Chris Waddle's last goal at home for Sheffield Wednesday. I believe he's doing that. Yeah. It kind of started taking a back seat this season, which was quite sad. Yeah, when I looked through the like transfer market for like see what goals he scored this season, he didn't feature a lot in the in the season. But yeah, it was a tough, tough year, for you, Jake. Tough year for me. <laughs> <laughs> On the right hand side, touchline. Oh, look at it! Falling cross. Oh, goes in on the far side. Sheffield Wednesday opened the scoring for Chris Waddle. Receiving perhaps not only Flowers in Blackburn's goal, but also his colleagues too. So yeah, I like I like it when the commentators are giving you a bit of clue there. Open this. Well, I haven't really opened this. Also, really a clue. I'm noticing the kit looked a bit fresh. It wasn't very grass stained or worn. So I'm gonna go twenty six. Eighteenth. Oh, for goodness' sake! That's only eight out though. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> you've just reminded me of uh, Paziki there. We did a, when we do go to time, it was Norwich versus Ipswich. It was Bradley Johnson's absolute screamer. Oh, I saw that clip. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but it was in like the 35th minute and his shirt and Bradley Johnson's shirt was filthy. And Paziki went, oh, his shirt's quite dirty. So I'm going to say it's in the second half. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, only eight out for that one. You've got, you've right. kept, kept it below. Double digits every time. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy with that. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll, I, I feel quite bad now because this is going to be a sad moment for you. On the 21st of November 1995, Arsenal beat Sheffield Wednesday 4 2, but it doesn't matter about the scoreline because this, if my knowledge is right, is Chris Waddle's last goal for Sheffield Wednesday. And that's my brother's birthday as well. He's a gooner, so he would have been 10th oh. like, birthday. Cheers, Tom. Assistant, to be Greiser. Oh, great game. Well slipped, comes back to Whittingham. I do remember this one. Ball to Waddle and drilled home by Waddle. Sheffield Wednesday take the lead. Commentators, did you have a bit of a favour again? 
I'm going to go out and say that he's the worst commentator I've ever heard. He's just going, yeah, took the lead at Highbury. Okay. But yeah, Sheffield Wednesday took the lead through Chris Waddle. What minute was the goal? Again, though, I think because Arsenal did do that kind of, they sh- they took that end in the, the first half always. Oh, no, they didn't. The score was 4-2, Jake, you say, yeah? Yeah, 4-2, and that's the opening goal. That's the opening goal. I'm going to go 12. 20th. Yeah, out again. This is, <laughs> this is rigged. <laughs> Your final score over the course of the five goals is 35. Is that bad? Off the, top of, off the top of my head, I don't think you're bottom. I thought you were going to say off the top of my head, I don't think that's good. <laughs> no, that, no, that's averaging of seven minutes out a goal from a season that's, I'm so bad at maths. Yeah, you should give me brownie points for going that far back, really. Yeah, to be fair, who's who's uh, with Billy's, he got top last week, but like his last go- latest what goal was... <laughs> He was like his latest goals were in like 2016 or something like that. So <laughs> I was gonna, we was gonna put an asterisk next to his thing. Yeah, but seven minutes out per goal from a season that's nearly 30 years ago. There you go. There you go. I, I'm happy with that, you know. And it's about taking part that counts. It's not about winning. It's not about winning. Yeah, yeah. But uh, and as I said, I'm sure you're not bottom. I will double check. Fine. I'm happy with that. That was that was good. I like that. I thought you might have got a bit closer with the Chris Waddle goals. I thought you would have been had the. I thought before the clip even played, I thought you would have just said the minute. Let's just leave it. You <laughs> about, all right. <laughs> I can confirm. Sorry, I've done you a bit of a misservice there. You're not finished bottom. You, you're actually third. Out of five. Out of five. Out of five. Right. That's all right. That's all right. No, from a season that's. I'm gonna have to come up. I think with a, a bit of a thing there, a bit of an equaliser. Yeah, like either invite me back for like a special like lightning round or something, whatever. Yeah, oh. what season would you go for, just out of interest? What season would I go for? I would go for... Can't say this season. <laughs> 99, no, no. I'd probably <laughs> go for maybe 97, 98. Oh, so uh, you're, still going, you're still going really far back then? Well, do, do you know, like, I think... Even now, like you go on YouTube, like you can get all of like the Sheffield Wednesday season reviews from like all those ninety seasons. Oh, that's what you're gonna get. Is that what you're gonna go do? <laughs> yeah. Well, no, that's what I've done. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, obviously, not that season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh well, no. Thank you very much for coming on, mate. It's been an absolute laugh again. I remember the talk straight to me after that was an absolute laugh, and it's been an absolute laugh again. Feel free to promote, plug whatever you want. Yeah. Absolutely. No, I absolutely love it. And you've done a cracking idea with all this, mate. Thank you ever so much for having me on. I really enjoyed it. Oh, thank you very much. I meant plug yourself, not me, but... <laughs> plug you, it's fine. I love it. It's great. <laughs> I want to come back yeah. on. <laughs> well, I'm going to have... Like I say, we're going to have to get you back on just to do a whole episode dedicated to your Instagram, I think. Are you gonna, Do you want to promote your your Twitter, Instagram, uh, Kitmag Twitter, Instagram, or anything else yeah, you've got well, going on? Uh, Woody W1988 is my uh, Instagram handle. Um, I'm not on Twitter, um, but there's Kit Mag, obviously, which is on Twitter. Um, but yeah, if you love football shirts, yeah, to give us a follow and have a, have a ganders. But yeah, thank you ever so much. Yeah, yeah. I'd honestly, one of the biggest recommendations of Instagram accounts to follow would be Woody from me, if, if my opinion matters. Really. <laughs> thank you, mate. Thank you. But then again, you 
don't like the man of Damasa and the Nigeria 2018 shirt. That's all I'm taking. This has been a fantastic episode. That's all I'm taking from it. <laughs> Sports Social Podcast Network.